Welcome back. I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one and hopefully you come along for the ride with me because we're talking about push and pull marketing because the days of pushing content on people are over. And so how do we promote a podcast in this new world? And uh, and really just how do we market broadly? But I'm going to keep it, uh, you know, just use some podcasting uh, examples to kind of teach the bigger lesson. And this comes about because a client uh, asked me the other day about hiring a social media agency. It was an agency that was promising to get uh, a lot more engagement on her content. And the idea was for this agency to push out content across multiple pages, you know, two or three different layers of pages and platforms and you know, lots of pushing, right? And it's a very appealing idea because it basically means that your content is everywhere and who doesn't want to be everywhere. But I think the days of pushing content on people are over, at least for the time being. Uh, however, agencies are still selling the dream, mostly, I think, based on success stories from you know three plus years ago. Now, why does all this matter? And it's because it affects everything about how you approach growing your podcast or marketing your business. So here's the big idea for today. There was a sweet spot in social media where you could push your content out to people, but that sweet spot is over. That's the big idea. So let me elaborate on this a little bit. If you haven't uh, heard some of my other posts about this, I'm going to go through the why I believe this, why why I've come to this conclusion. So for me, looking at organic content, I believe that sweet spot lasted maybe around 10 years. I think the front end of the period was roughly marked by the launch of Gary Vee's book, Crush It. That was 09. Grant Cardone's book, 10X, came out in 2011. Those books are both now 10 plus years old, which is crazy to think about. And since then, social media companies have continued to tweak their algorithm, right? They're getting better and better and better at reaching their desired goals. Well, what's their what's their goal? What's the mission? Well, they want to keep eyes on the platform so that they can monetize those eyeballs with ads. So we saw things start to change with organic social media content. Anything that sent people off platform or got quote unquote low engagement was downplayed or even punished. So let me give you a few examples. You know, remember when YouTube videos back in the day on Facebook, you could share a YouTube video and it would natively play like automatically inside a Facebook platform, that went away. You know, it used to be when you uh, promoted something like a YouTube video or a podcast episode to Facebook, the post looked good, it got engagement. Those days are gone, right? Now what you get when you try to post a YouTube video and share it or promote it on Facebook is you get this, you know, weird, boring looking post that gives you like the YouTube icon and like half the title, it's not even the whole title. Basically just the post is basically guaranteed that you have no shot at getting spread, going viral, reaching a lot of people, et cetera. And then finally, uh, Facebook devalued their business pages with algorithm changes, and that guaranteed that most people don't even see our business page content because it just wasn't as engaging as Facebook wanted. Uh, if you follow Facebook groups also, you can see that things like opinion posts do far better. Things like teaching posts just get completely buried in the algorithm. Nobody, nobody sees those. So now, organic content on social media has to get instant engagement or your post dies. Now, uh, you may have caught my episode you know, four or five weeks ago where I played you a clip from a, a gentleman named Jaron Lanier Silicon Valley guy, you know, kind of a marketing, not a marketing, but a, a technology futurist and a philosopher, really smart guy. And we went deep into what that what that means and why uh, social media companies have tilted to favor this kind of instant reaction, kind of high intensity emotional reactions. And unfortunately, uh, to get that, you have to go negative a lot. So for more on that, go back and listen to that episode. I think it was about why social media is so much different now than it was 10 years ago. And I don't think really that the perception in the coaching and consulting community has really caught up to that. Yeah, you know, I was I was 
paying attention to uh, something online uh, here the other day it was within kind of a group of coaches and consultants that I'm part of. And, and one coach is talking about how they love their podcast agency because they put up these beautiful clips of their podcast on places like their Instagram account. So I was curious. I'm like, oh, I wonder what these look like. So I went to their Instagram profile and I found that those beautiful posts averaged under 100 views and got minimal engagement. You know, everything next to it that was authentic or off the cuff was getting 10, you know, 20 times the engagement. Now, of course, there's a role for an agency to post about your podcast for you. I mean, we do that in our own agency, but that role has changed over the years, and I'll cover a little bit of that below. But the lesson here is that social media companies like Facebook have basically set the standard for the type of content that they want. So here's what it is. Here's the formula. They want content that is created by you in real time on their platform using in-app tools exclusively and custom tailored to their platform and no one else's which generates instant engagement and that engagement tends to skew towards negative emotions, right? That's what the social media companies want. They want you creating content in real time and they want you engaging in real time on the content that you created using their platform, using their tools only for their platform, right? They don't want stuff that's reposted. They don't want stuff that's split from a thousand different places. They don't, they definitely don't want you taking a YouTube video and sharing it on social media. They don't want any of that. So the landscape has just shifted away from that whole Gary V crushing it, Grant Cardone 10X approach, right? Creating one piece of content and quote unquote, pushing it out to every platform just doesn't work the way it used to. There was a time that it worked and that time has passed, right? Because, you know, why, why doesn't it work anymore? Well, those posts don't get the right kind of engagement. So now those posts are mostly seen by you whoever owns the, the social media account, and maybe 150 people that you engage with the most, right? Those are the people that you probably already know. Those are the ones that see the majority of your content. And Facebook puts your content in front of those people and asks itself the question, does this get instant, fast rising engagement? And when it doesn't, it slams that post down and says, well, you're not going beyond those 150 people. Like nobody else outside of that is going to see it. Which is why if you go to people's social media profiles, and you see like the reposted content, we'll get 85 views, 57 views, you know, a couple of comments, handful of likes, blah, blah, blah. And then they go live or they do something that's more authentic and off the cuff. And it's hundreds, you know, like they'll get 100 plus comments and they'll get shares and they'll get a ton of likes and a ton of engagement and a ton of views. Social media has decided what they want. So for you, like if you're putting out, you know, these kind of repackaged or sliced and diced things where you're trying to push your content everywhere, it might look good to you because you look at your content and you look at the, the accounts that you control and you see all this content going out. You're not realizing that 95% of that nobody else sees. You're the only one that sees it, right? So the social media companies have buried it with the algorithm and you're the only one that's really seeing it. And agencies are taking advantage of that to continue to sell it because they know they can show you the content they've, they've created. What they can't do is then prove that anyone's engaging with it because obviously they, they don't want to talk about that. So what does that all have to do with push and pull? Because that's the topic of today's you know article and, and, and episode that we're doing. So the challenge in growing a podcast or even growing your company, I think has just completely shifted. It's no longer about pushing out content in an attempt to be everywhere on social media, that approach simply doesn't work anymore because the social media companies change their algorithm to guarantee that it doesn't work. So we now have a challenge of how do we create content that people pull toward them? Because if someone isn't on the other end pulling our content towards them, then we've already lost. The game is rigged against us. 
And that's why it's so critical to choose the right niche, right? To position yourself in the right place. Um, and I, what I would call a fast-growing niche, uh, that's the best place to be for your business. It's the best place to put to grow a new podcast. You know, when there is growing buzz and excitement around a newer kind of fast-growing niche, people are seeking out content. They're going out of their way to look for stuff. You don't have to push stuff onto them. They're pulling stuff towards them. They're looking for podcasts. They're looking for videos. They're looking for articles. They can't get enough. Your goal is simply to position yourself in the places where people are looking for content and give them something clear and compelling. You know, that's a strategy that works in an era when pushing content no longer works anymore. Now, I mentioned earlier that you can have these beautiful clips of your podcast go out on social media and they get very little engagement. So I just wanted to cover how has that affected our done-for-you podcast service? Because, of course, that's what our agency does is we produce and promote podcasts for coaches and consultants. The idea is to help them dominate a fast-growing niche with a podcast and build the number one podcast in that space. And uh, so, you know, most of the time we have, you know, clients or prospective clients asking us like, hey, how much do you post on social media? What does that look like? Yada, yada. And the answer is like years ago, we shifted away from recommending those types of audiogram posts that you see everywhere, uh, or you used to see uh, everywhere, I should say, um, where you see like a, you know, like a sound bar and you know, like people are talking, but it's just a picture of, of the host or the guest or whatever. And it's the logo of the show and all looks great. And it looks like it would be very engaging, except that most people are not scrolling through Facebook and Instagram with the audio on. Uh, and so there's nothing for them to see. And then the post just doesn't get engagement. So uh, so we shifted away from recommending those types of podcast promotional posts years ago, and we shifted into encouraging all of our clients to do their podcasts on video, which is already a big part of what we recommend for different reasons. But the more that they record on video with a good video connection, we can pull out video highlight clips, which is one to three minutes of the best chunk of the podcast, the one that's the most compelling that we think will get people to want to listen to the rest of the episode. And then because it's video, we can natively upload that video to places like Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. And of course, that's ever shifting by the time you listen to this. Facebook may have pulled that capability back for all I know. But at least for now, you can do things like you can turn that video into a, you know something that's suitable for an Instagram story with your show logo at the top, a little transcription at the bottom. You know, we've got a couple of clients that have big followings, you know, 100,000, 500,000 on Instagram. And we're happy to create those highlight clips for Instagram stories because right now there is traction there. So highlight clips aren't a perfect solution. Of course, social media is always changing. Uh, but at least for now, things like highlight clips give you the best chance of having something that does reach more than just you know your the core 150 of your followers um, and give you a chance to be discovered on a platform like YouTube as long as that highlight clip has good headlines and good SEO, which is something that we work hard at. Now, we do also post quote graphics to support uh, when a new episode launches, but we do it with the understanding that they're basically just little miniature billboards that scroll past in people's feeds. It just kind of subconsciously or consciously reminds them uh, about your podcast and to go listen to it. We don't expect that somebody sees that post and clicks it and goes, oh my God, I've got to listen to that episode right this second. Let me go do that. Like that's not how human behavior on social media works. What we expect those podcast posts to do is just kind of be little billboards that scroll by and build awareness and visibility for the show so that people remember, oh yeah, I, I wanted to subscribe or I have subscribed, but I haven't listened to this one. Let me go later today when I hit the gym and I'll pull that episode up. Like that's how human behavior works. So the real work of promoting individual episodes, I think on, you know, for podcasts comes down really to email. Of course, we do that for our clients. It also comes from word of mouth from your fans, right? So fans sharing your episode with other people, social media, or just in person, whatever. 
And then finally, guests promoting their episode. Again, mostly through email um, because the podcast, you know, if they're going to share their podcast episode on social, again, those posts also don't get a lot of engagement. So counting on your guest to send you a flood of thousands of new listeners because they posted about you on Twitter or LinkedIn or something just isn't realistic because the social media companies are slamming those posts down in the algorithm too. So just recognize your guests are having the same issues. So when you bring a guest onto your podcast and you don't get immediately flooded with a new you know, round of subscribers and, uh, and listeners and things like that, just understand that guest is probably having the same issue that we're all having, which is social Social media is not interested in promoting your podcast. So keep that in mind. So the real work of promoting individual episodes comes down to things like email. So email is a big part of it, encouraging your guests to share it by email, giving them the tools to do that, which we do for our clients. So if you want to explore what it looks like for us to do everything for you in your podcast, whether it's guest booking to email marketing, the video highlight clips I mentioned, whatever, uh, just grab a brainstorm call. There's a link on our website. Uh, then there's probably a link right below this, uh, this episode, this article where you can do that. Uh, we'll chat about your podcast idea. We'll chat about your potential to reach a fast growing niche and just see if a podcast can bring you a 10x return because we're not interested in working uh, and, and, and taking on clients unless I can see that there's a clear vision for the podcast generating clients and sales that will 5 or 10x you know ROI on what you invest to run a podcast because it's uh, it's not a lot of work for you, but there's a lot of effort that goes into launching a podcast and you're, you're putting yourself out there in a new and different way. And we recognize there's a lot that goes into that, uh, even though we do 99% of the work on the back end. So I'll leave you with this. The game has changed. Uh, it's not just affecting how podcasts are marketed. These are huge changes in the social media landscape that have a ton of implications for how marketing is going to be done over the next five or 10 years. And if you have this insight, if you understand what's going on on social media, you can turn your attention away from the social media rat race and doing all the things that worked three years ago, but don't work now. And you can turn your attention towards the things that will actually grow your business and put money in your pocket and impact people around the world. And best of all, you can do it with calm, confidence, and clarity. That's one of the missions of this show is to leave you with that sense of calm, confidence, and clarity. So while everyone else is running around with their heads cut off, chasing all the latest things, trying to figure out what's working and what's not, that you know the best of what's working and can focus on that and direct all of your attention there with calm and confidence and the clarity of knowing exactly what you're doing. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time and attention, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.